Welcome back, everyone. New episode of the Choppers Club Golf Show. Uh, firstly, great to be back. It's been about nearly two months since the last episode. But, uh, yeah, life just gets in the way, as it uh, usually does. There's a funny way of doing that. But we're back. Uh, boys recorded the other night. However, during the editing process, we've found a uh, technical difficulty. This episode will start um, in the middle of a sentence uh, from myself talking about my experience at One Teamer. Finally got out um, and experienced a new course, which is rare for myself. Uh, things you missed out um, in the 10 to 15 minutes that was cut out was we just caught up with what we've been doing. Um, Rich is starting to get a bit more golf in now that he's on holidays, which is awesome. I've started getting back, uh, usually aim for every Sunday Arvo and take a little princess chopper out. Um, the biggest news on the podcast today, Richard got engaged to his uh, girlfriend, now fiance, Gemma, so we had a, did have a good chat about that. Unfortunately, it didn't uh, take place on a golf course, but hey, look, we'll let that one slide. Hopefully the wedding's on the 18th green. But yeah, just wanted to jump in, do a quick little intro, get everyone caught up to speed, and then let's dive in. The, the greens have been have been nice, nice to putt on. They've always been pretty good. Um, yeah, there's not many places that have fairways like Reckless is there. I mean, they're pretty pretty good there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a good track. Some few different holes there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that keep things interesting. Um, so yeah, no, it's a good um, track. Has anything? Has there been much else happening for you? The of uh, over the last couple of months? Nah, nah, not a lot. Um, just been, you know, enjoy, enjoying the off-season, bit of downtime with the family. Um, work work has been pretty flat out. But, uh, nah, other than that, not much, mate. Pre-season started back up the last couple of weeks, so that's definitely got the, got the body uh, hurting, which isn't ideal for golf. The back, the legs, the arms, everything. So <laughs> everything's crying at the moment. But, um, nah, it's good. Slowly getting... Getting back out on the course again's um, been really cool, and it's been pretty cool to take take Willow out on a Sunday half, just push around the pram, and then after a while the girl just gets out and walks around. And I think last time I played with her, I took a plastic putter that she was gifted by uh, yourself, and um, <laughs> every I I just made it every hole that I played. As soon as I got on the green, I just let her putt. I didn't bring my putter out. I just grabbed her and yeah, trying to you know, get her to get, engage in, in dad's interests and hopefully she wants to join me more. Um, I don't know if, it, if I'm forcing her at the moment, but yeah, every Sunday afternoon, get, get in the car, we're going to golf. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, start them young. Yep. Yeah. Got a little champion there. Well, she's going all right now because now at home I say, um, I'll mention golf and she'll walk over and go grab her plastic driver and just awesome. start walking around, swinging the club around. So I'm, I'm slowly getting there. I'm slowly getting to, starting to see a golf swing in the girl too. Yeah. She's a switched on little bubba, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very switched on. She's definitely uh, <laughs> she's That's pick, awesome. picking up everything, the girl. It's been good. Um, even with the, the backyard chipping, I've got a couple yep. of old wedges that just lay outside and I'll walk out there, hit them around. She'll see me hitting them around. <clears throat> oh, sorry. And um, she'll go grab the other whatever other wedge is laying on the ground and walk over to me and um, stand between my legs so I can 
swing the club with her. So, yeah, it's been pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. She's so, loving it already. So hopefully, She's already got the bug. Hopefully LPGA in 2039 I'm putting it down to. Just a, Sounds good. <laughs> a little 17-year-old, uh, oh, sorry, 18-year-old Willow Donovan major winner. Willow, taking, taking on the world. Yeah, and dad is caddy, which she probably shouldn't listen to any advice that I give her. King chopper on the bag. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be a gift I like or a curse. <laughs> I've um, now I've got a got a question. Get your opinion on this. Now that yep. getting back into golf, um, now all the time off I had wasn't playing golf. I cancelled the the golf membership, and yeah, yep. so now I'm getting back into golf. Um, things are going all right. A bit of spare time. Uh, at the start of the new year, I'm considering. Getting a membership. Um, now I'm thinking, I'm thinking Redcliffe because Redcliffe are back taken members. They weren't for ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the moment, I want to play one team a couple more times. So I had fun there, and then get out. Of that. But I think it's going to come down to those two. Um, what do you, What do you reckon? What would you lean towards? Gee, it's hard to go past Redcliffe. Mm, yeah, I just reckon it's such a good course. Yeah. Yeah, the only downfall is the slow play oh, in the league. Yeah. Which, yep. um, that hasn't changed. Yeah. Can be annoying. Mm. But uh, if you, but mostly you have hits in the Arvo. Um, and it's normally pretty good around then, isn't it? Yeah, it's not too bad. The, the Sunday Arvo, um, Sunday and oh, Friday Sunday, Arvos yeah. are. They're tough when the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the elite choppers are out on Friday and Sunday halves. <laughs> they roll in oh, from yeah. work on Friday arvos and just straight to the course. And then Sunday arvos, just everyone on the piss doesn't matter. And then yeah. like they rock up at you know, three three thirty, pay for a full round, pay for a cart, and mm. like they're only going to get you know ten or so holes done. And they just. Yep. You know, we'll be in our little group of oh, three, sometimes four, and then there's a cart with just two blokes in it holding us up. So, yeah, the cho- the the elite club of the choppers coming out. I find on Friday and Sunday afternoons on golf courses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, that does make it hard. But I'm not sure what it's like at a lot of other courses. Yeah, um, in terms of how busy it is, but. In terms of the quality of the course, Redcliffe is hard to beat, yeah. I think. Tell you where, yeah. I, like, I would love to get a membership at the moment after, um, I think I've only, played, I've only played it twice, but it's just, um, I get suckered in really easy with golf courses, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've only played it twice, but um, yep. Budgie, that is, a, oh, that is yeah. a, a good looking track. It's a pretty tough track at the moment, but yeah, I'll just... I like how the course is set out. It's a bit linksy, which is pretty cool. I mm. like that idea. Um, yeah, that'd be a good course. Except uh, they're not taking members, and I don't see them taking members anytime soon. Apparently, right? That's disappointing because that would be that would be really good. Yeah. Um, especially because they got thirty six holes there. You'd think surely, surely play surely would be that slow. Slow on um, all thirty six holes. When you've got four potential nines you can hit off. And mm. you can turn it up. It looks amazing, doesn't it? Oh, it looks so good. Um, challenging, but... Um, oh, yeah, very yeah, challenging. really nice. I did have a horrid round there my first time round. Mm. 
but yeah, it's, oh, just, and, it's just cool. And it's very cool. Yeah, all the um, yeah the humps and bumps and things. You could have some pretty cool wacky putts around there. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, even from the Queensland PGA, I, that was recently played there. I don't think it was very very low scoring. Um, no, nah, it was a pretty high um, compared to what they usually are. Like I, I don't think. I don't think they got in double digits. I think it might I don't have been think so. six I think or seven single, under. Yeah. And then they yep. had to go to and a then, playoff. Yeah, and then it didn't take many players until it was over par or something. Nah, I nah, think. it was only a handful that um, got under par and then it was very easy mm. to get in the high, rack up the high scores there. Um, but I'm not going to judge them for racking up high scores, you know. <laughs> I'm in no position to do that. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember... The first time I played there, uh, the seventeenth, which is at par three, kind of over the water. Um, the green there, I think we had a. The pin was at the front, and there's like one, two, or three levels to that green, and the pin was front mm-hmm. front right. And we um, was playing in a team event. All of us, uh, one of us found the pierce. Um, Cup and then a couple of us found the green. We all found the like the, up the back of the green, and the putt back down to the hole was the scariest putt I've ever had in my life. <laughs> like it was just, you literally just had to like blow on this thing to just get it, just get it rolling, <laughs> to just get it down yep. this massive slope down towards the hole. It was insane. Like and the heaps of the greens are like that. There, so it got so many, um, you know, little slopes in them that, you know, if you get your putt too offline, it's, it's going to be coming back off the green. It's a uh, yeah. very, very challenging course. Very challenging. And that, yeah, that hole, specifically that green, the uh, the difference in those two tiers, I know what you're talking about, is huge. It's a massive slope down. Oh, yeah. Uh, between those two tiers. So, yeah, it would be, it'd be challenging. Um, you find yourself in the wrong spot, but... Yeah, I reckon that makes it more fun. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> I, as as much as um, I struggle on the golf course, I love the idea of trying to, like, instead of just having your standard, you know, throw it in the air, straight to the hole, mm. whatever, I love the idea of trying to have to think of creative ways to get around certain parts of the course, like, or a hole, like, you know, got to land it up here and then so it f- feeds back down this way. I, I just like, like having to think mm. of ways to get around the course. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it more interesting. Yeah, the creativity Definitely. side of it's um, I find so interesting. Yeah, if you, if you compare it to just a course where you're playing every hole straight, flat, yep. greens yep. flat, like that, that just sounds pretty boring to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's definitely the opposite of that. Definitely keep you interested playing out there in the 36 holes. That's what they're not taking members, though. Yeah, I know. Obviously, um, everyone has their ideas to sign up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, surely they can make one spot for me, but we'll see. Surely the king chopper. Uh, surely, yeah. And then just give 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 us a booth there to just record out of. Yeah. <laughs> Put a booth up well, on the eighteenth yeah. green or something. <laughs> we can commentate along the way. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll look good. Me giving people shit for being bad at golf. It'd <laughs> be good. Um, all right, let's dive into what this episode's all about and why we come here. Um, you know, if we've got any new listeners over the last couple of months, uh, what we do each each episode's a different part of 
golf that we break down and have a chat about. This week we're going with uh, course management. Um, you know, just about where where you're thinking of when you get onto a tee box, not thinking of just pulling driver straight out and just smacking as hard as you can, thinking of what side of the fairway you want to be on to have a look at a certain pin, you know, um, instead of if you're in the trees or you've missed the fairway, instead of going for the big hero, um, Tiger Woods helicopter swing out of the out of the shit, um, you know, you might lay up 60, 70 metres down, down the fairway just to give yourself a good full shot in, stuff like that. Um, Skip, can you jump in here and just explain uh, the importance of course management and how it helps? Yeah, I think um, course management is all about avoiding mistakes, especially bad mistakes, I guess. Avoiding um, your double bogeys and, and worse. Um, so, yeah, it can have a huge, huge influence um, on your score. I mean, if you're just taking driver everywhere and you find yourself hitting in water, trees, it just can stack up pretty pretty quickly if you yeah, don't don't think about where you what club you're trying to hit or where you're trying to hit it. Um, and you're just wailing away at it. Uh, you can find yourself on the back foot pretty easily, I think. Mm. Yep, yep, yeah. I agree. Um, I should probably oh, I should probably play this episode over and over after we talk about this. Um, because I don't have the greatest course management, although I think I try to sometimes. Um, mm. Like like you said, just pulling a driver out and you know whacking it down there and not really thinking about what can go wrong. As soon as you said that, a hole at Redcliffe popped into mind. The um the fourteenth little par four, dog leg yeah. left. Um, you know it's very easy, <laughs> very easy for me especially to get up on there, even if you've got a little bit of wind behind you and think just bomb a big draw here and you're going to drive a green. Um, or you'll be thereabouts. It's very easy to get into that. When you come on small holes like that and you think, oh, if I pull off the perfect shot, it could end up, you know, in the best spot, miles down there, whatever. But you're asking for, and especially me, asking for every single thing to come together and work for one shot. And, you know, you still a chance that you might not be any better off than if you played it a bit smarter because that hole... Um, as you'll know, you can easily just hit a you know a four five iron straight down to the corner and still have a nice easy wedge shot in. Yeah, yeah, that that hole the fourteenth is, is a perfect example, isn't it? Where yeah, it's a short enough par four where you can hit the perfect drive. Um, yeah, you can have a good look at eagle or birdie, but if you find yourself in those in that um, Jungle of trees. Oh, yeah. Just miss it that drive. You're yeah. looking at a, a big, big number. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the um, the best way that I have learned to kind of look at course management um, is to try and pick something, pick a target, or think to yourself, um, what shot or what target. Is going to give me the greatest room for error. Yep. So if you don't hit a perfect shot, is it still going to be okay? Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Whereas, yeah, and in that example, you've got to hit this perfect tie draw over the gum trees <laughs> in order to hit the green. If you get it slightly wrong, you miss it by any bit, then 
were probably yeah in trouble in the in the in the trees in the thick of the trees. Like so, um, yeah, that yeah that hole there. Um, as we've just used an example, as you said, like as a right-hander, obviously, perfect little high draw, and yeah. you you laugh, and there's a big chance you're going to be you know thereabouts front edge of the green on the green. If you go for it and you overdraw or you snap hook, or even worse, if it if you aim out a little bit to the right to turn it around and it doesn't turn, it just goes straight, or you get a bit of a cut on it. Like mm. they get like you go from hitting the perfect drive, giving you a chance at eagle birdie, where then you're looking at, you know, sometimes it might be best case scenario is going to be double, triple. Um, yeah. Just depend because once you get those, yeah, on the left and right, those trees are, if your ball gets proper in there, it's pretty hard to get it out. Oh, yeah, it's thick in there. Mm. It's trouble. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not. And, um, <laughs> like, if you if you do find yourself in trouble off the tee, which you probably can't relate to that too much, um, no, just again. Or tr- trouble for you off the tee is probably a divot in the fairway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for for us um, choppers that struggle to find the fairway at the best of times, um, and I find myself it's a lot easier to talk about this than actually do it because I probably don't do it as anywhere near as much as I think I do. But if you miss <laughs> in the trees, whatever, like, and I'm sure you've would have gone through this stage. Well, like, you, it's so easy to go go to that um, initial um, thought process of geez, if I get this um, get this club in, if I can just squeeze it through this little, this tight-ass gap um, <laughs> and just put a little draw, a little cut on it, like it's going to run right up there and it's going to be perfect. I might still be on the green in two when that's not the thought process that I should be thinking because I can't hit a fairway that's 100 metres wide and I'm going to try and squeeze it through a gap that's about half a foot wide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. So is your is your obviously your thought process there is okay where can I where's the easiest um, easiest window to get out and also you don't have to obviously go for that big hero play and try and smack it all the way down there like if you can just get out say diagonally or just chunk it out there a little bit and give yourself a an open full shot into the green is that your thought process? Yeah, it is. Uh, I think most of the time, um, yeah. I'd look, I'd look to chip out unless, yep. um, yeah, it depends how much you want to go for glory. But if you're looking to save shots and you're looking to get the best score possible and uh, you look at the percentages, um, you're probably more like, you're probably best off to chip out. But, like, um, in terms of going for a shot, I would often, or now, I, I would ask myself, can I do I believe I can execute this shot yep. 80, 80% of the time? Yep. Or yep. And, if, and if I think yes, I can, then I'll go for it. But if I think geez, it's really probably a one in ten shot, <laughs> then it's probably best, yeah, just to look the sideways, look for the, and get back on the fairway. Yeah, yep. So it's um sometimes it's hard to 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 bit a pill to swallow just to to chip out sideways and go again. But, um, mm. you know, if you're, if you're playing social or whatever and you're not worrying about too much, like, you can always try those extravagant shots. If they come off, it doesn't matter. But, you know, if you're looking to... That's right. You might be someone starting out and trying to find out ways to really lower your handicap, save shots here and there. You're in a local um, your weekend comp or whatever and stuff like that. Um, that's when this kind of stuff would 
start creeping into play. And then obviously for the pros, they're trying to win, you know, tour events and, and majors and whatnot. So then that's when they're, they're all over that. Like you'll see players <laughs> on the PGA tour that will find themselves in trouble and they'll look down the green and go, if I can just land it in that bunker, I'll get up and down, which is, that's the last thing I'd ever be doing <laughs> is going, <laughs> is going near any sort of trap or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what separates them from from me, anyway. <laughs> Sounds like at the moment that that'd be your best. <laughs> well, yeah, we've got the bunker game going. Yeah, well, until I thinned it over the back of one team, or I don't know where my yeah. bunker game's at now. <laughs> <laughs> True, the confidence might be gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it only takes one sometimes. Oh, yep, yep, takes one good one, and uh, yeah, you know, well. Sorry, it takes a thousand good ones for me to get confident of getting out of a bunker and it'll take one bad shot to just break every shred of confidence I had in it. <laughs> Not fair, hey. <laughs> That's shocking. Um, back to proper golf players and course management here. You know, mm. gr- growing up, you watching golf and whatnot, was there any players on the um, on the tour that you, that you watched and you, you still watch and think, geez, they're just like their course management... Um, is above everyone else and, you know, just gives them that slight advantage of gaining a stroke here and there on the field. Is there any players that stick out to you on that? Um, I'd say uh, Jack Nicholas was well known for that, I think. Yep. Um, especially in terms of his uh, decision-making into the green. Yep. Um, I think he he aimed probably more, conservative, more conservatively than a lot of other players. And, I mean, he was able to, he would talk about shaping the ball, drawing it in or, or fading it. And I think uh, when I, or from the videos I've watched of him, he talks about um, if the pin was on the left, then, you know, he'd probably aim at the, the middle or, the, or just in the right half and hit a little draw. And if, it, if the pin was on the right, then he'd aim towards the middle, hit a little fade. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of the time he was, he was never really aiming right at the pin to start it. To start his ball, he was always aiming to the fat part of the green. Yeah. Which, um, um, sorry to jump in quickly. Just popped in my head there. Yeah. How you said how he d- he didn't aim directly at the pin. That's where I feel like a lot of people kind of get kind of might lose a shot or um, derail a hole. Is thinking that you know even if they find the um, they're in the middle of the fairway or whatever thinking, geez, I've just got to fire straight at the pin. Like, I have to make a birdie or give myself a look at a birdie. They don't think about where the pin is. And then it might be on the on the side of the green. There might be a bunker short, bunker on the right of it too. And they think they've got to fire straight at this thing. And then that brings everything else into play. Um, so, yeah, as soon as you said that Jack wouldn't necessarily aim at a pin, he'd aim middle of the green, little cut in, whatnot. Um, I think that's one thing that a lot of people starting out can – can pick up is you don't have to fire at greens. Ah, uh, pins, mm. sorry. Definitely, yeah. And I think, and I do this um, all the time. I, I, I kind of ask myself that that same question I mentioned before was, um, what's the best target that mm. gives me some room for error? Yeah. So yeah, if there's a pin tucked on the right with a bunker there and I'm aiming straight at that, then I've got zero room for error. I've got to, I've got to flush it. I've got to hit it perfect. Yeah, yep. Otherwise, I'm, I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> Whereas if, yeah, say that, that pin's at the front right, pin's 
and the uh, bunkers, yeah, short right. If I'm aiming long of that, that's if I'm trying to hit it, you know, five metres past that and aiming at the middle of the green, yep. um, then, yeah, if I slightly miss hit it to the right, it'll it'll be right next to the pin or still on the green. And if I pull it a bit, it might still be on the left of the green. Yeah. Um, so, that yeah, there's that room for error that's if you don't hit it right, which most of the time... Most of the time, it's, well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, okay. You don't um, have to bring yourself down to our level just for this, just for this chat, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, uh, it's very rare in golf that you hit it exactly how you want it. Yeah, it so, is. Um, yeah, that's what I kind of always try and think, give myself, yeah, where, where can I earn to give myself some room for error? Yep. Um, I think that, yeah, that that's a huge thing for people to, you know, just starting out or, yeah, as I said, one to lower scores, handicaps, whatnot. Um, it's just, yeah, being a bit smarter with your shots. You don't have to fire at 18 pins trying to hole out 18 times for eagle or, you know, stuff it um, within a foot for have a tap in birdie. Um, you know, if you can just fire at the middle, uh, um, if the firing at the middle is the safest and, um, you know, the most um, reliable shot, to play for that that pin, then it makes sense to do it, and a couple of parts and move on. Um, the more that I think people, especially amateurs and um, you know your your weekend warriors like myself, <laughs> can get drummed into their heads, uh, it can only help improve um, your round of golf anyway. Yeah, hundred percent. You don't want to be stuck with those uh, tricky short sided nah, chips, nah, where yuck, you know yuck. that just brings in more trouble. Yuck. So as much as you can avoid that, it's a good thing. <laughs> I um, I've actually, uh, T- Tiger Woods brought out a book a while ago, uh, and he it's just he talks about um, he's predominantly he's ninety seven Masters win, um, and like sprinkles a couple of other Masters years in there, and he said, um, you know I think he played it twice as a amateur, and then his first time as a pro he won it. Yeah, first time was a pro in ninety seven he won it. Um, but he would do practice grounds practice rounds, sorry, with uh Nicholas, uh Arnold Palmer, um, I think even Greg Norman, um uh, who else? Yeah, a cu- yeah. couple of couple of others, like all, all the grades of the game and um even Lee Trevino, stuff like that. And um they started teaching him things on like where they would look to land the ball on a certain hole if their drive land, landed in a certain area. Um, I can't remember who who told him, but it was on the, the set. Is the second a par five? I think it's the second is a par five. Uh, yeah. And yeah, yep. if their ball was too far on the left or wherever it was in the perfect spot, they would actually bail out right at the green and aim at the spectators. There's a, like a little gully down near there. for the, They aim their oh, second yeah. shot out there. Um Obviously, depending on what day it was, I can't remember what day he was talking about it was, but the pin was going to be on the other side of the green and it gave him a good chance to ch- um, bump the ball into the slope, kill the speed and funnel it down towards the hole. Um, you know, so even you know, people like planning, plotting his way around the Masters, he said he also tries to, um, as much as he can, land the ball below the hole. So he's putting, give himself an uphill putt. Because obviously you know how yep. they're notoriously quick greens. Like if you putt downhill and you give it too much speed and you miss a hole, it's just going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling. 
Um, mm-hmm. He said he learned it in his might have been his first Masters on the might have been the first hole or the first few holes. Anyway, he found the right side of the green. Obviously, hadn't like gotten too much course knowledge yet. Found the right side of the green, and actually, his putt went from one side of the green off the other side of the green because he finished above the hole. Um, and the speed just carried him off, and then he yeah, had to, had the same putt coming back, and uh, I think he had made bogey or or double or something like that. But um, yeah, it was just really cool to see that, yeah, you know, even he's going into the detail of where he wants to land the ball on a green to, um, you know, where his drive lands, depending where his drive lands, he's got all these bailout options as well, which um, <laughs> can help people again, yeah. you know, taking in, just not trying to find the green or the pin necessarily with your second shot, like it might be smarter to miss it out to the right or to the left because then you've got a nice easy chip where you've got lots of green to work with and, and stuff like that. I just thought that was a um, that's a really cool example of course management from obviously uh, one of the game's best. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And, and a, um, yeah, that's a, a very good point. Um, it's uh, sometimes, yeah, best not to get on the green and think about where where's the easiest shot come from next. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially if you're yeah, if you're not in the middle of the fairway or um yeah, if you if it's better to just hit it up there thirty meters short or something like that. Yeah, that's good to you definitely help you save some save some shots rather than go for the you know, one and find yourself in the <laughs> in a bad spot. Some, yeah. Um Yeah. I guess in a way then, like sometimes depending where you where you've land off a tee, you nearly want to try and think about where's your safest miss kind of thing. Hey? Mm. Like more more than, you know, how can I get at the hole here? Maybe you're looking at, geez, where's the best place to miss this green? It gives me a better chance of an up and down or something like that. Definitely. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. But I'm, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of when I hear people um, trying to get themselves out of trouble and just think, oh, yeah, now that bunker looks all right. I'm just going to aim and hopefully run it into the bunker and, get up and down from that. That's just, that's when you're going a bit too far and um, you, you're carrying on a bit there. <laughs> you're too confident. And that's what you do, hey. No. Bit of trouble. Oh, I'll no, just go, go, I'll, go, I'll go in the bunker and I'll, I'll put a bit of spin on it out of the bunker and either, if I don't hole out, I'll just have to walk up and tap it in. <laughs> That'd be Richard Cook recovery. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, have, you don't have to worry about that when you're in the middle of the fairway every time like you anyway, so... That <laughs> no, <it> doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Again, you I keep wish. you keep lying to people on the skip. They're going to think that um, they might start believing it soon. They won't believe me when I say that he outdrives everyone with his three, with his three wood. <laughs> <laughs> you like to pump on the tires up. Yeah, I do. I do. But you know it's true. <laughs> hey, um, well, I think is there anything else you add on course management there, Skip? No, I think that was that was pretty much it for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. yeah. Again, that's a reason. Again, another big reason why you're on here is to keep this show educational um, for for the listeners. So I'm not just here dribbling crap. At least you can talk actual <laughs> golf, and it's someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Um, let's dive into to segment three here. I've got uh, what the thoughts on the first season of Live Golf. Obviously, that wrapped up. Um, you know, while we're on our hiatus if you will um how did you think it played out and do you see it being sustainable and successful moving forward um yeah i thought um 
Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting year with with Live Golf. Um, I think I think it will keep going. Yep. Um, geez, clearly they've got a lot of money um, <laughs> to back it. So, geez, they're handing um, out some paychecks. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the changes they've made are, are pretty appealing too. I think yeah. uh, for players. And also for spectators, um, like for players with there not, not being a cut, um, only three rounds rather than mm. four, um, more, more, more money, obviously. They can wear shorts. Um, they can wear shorts, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a shotgun start, which is going to mean quicker rounds. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's better for well spectators argue, arguably as well. I mean, with the mm-hmm. shotgun start, all the best players are out there. Um, you can go out for four hours and see all of them play. Yeah. Um, and that I mean, they're making it interesting with the more bit of a party atmosphere with the music going and um, you know, the team format as well, which, which um, makes it interesting again and. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot of positive things there that obviously um, they put in place to to make it more attractive than than what um, the other tours have, have been doing for so long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but you know, I think yeah, I think it will keep going. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm I'm still a fan of the PGA Tour and. Having all the best players playing in the in the same tournament, and there's so much history history there. Um, aside from the majors, like you know the players' tournaments, um, like Arnold Palmer Invitational. I think there would have been probably eight to ten tournaments that all the best players would play in yeah. across. A PGA Tour season, and they would want to win. Yeah, well, and more so than just the other regular events yeah. every week. Well, you, I think you just um, knocked a few on the head there. You obviously got your four majors a year, um, mm. and then you've got yeah, you've got your players. You got your Arnold Palmer at, at Bay Hill. Um, most of the good players get around the Memorial too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a fair few out there. Um, Players don't mind playing that uh, waste management open at Phoenix. Like, there's a lot of a lot of big um, big tournaments out there. Um, look, I, from a fan um, spectator point of view, like live, they yeah they did do it pretty good. They they got the fans more involved with the party and the music. Um, as you said, the shotgun starts. They're short around, so you're not out there all day. Um, you know they they've. <clears throat> They done well with the, the spectator experience. Um, look, the the allowance of shorts on the course, I'm, I can get around. Um, some of those real hot days, I don't know how I'd go walking around the pair of slacks all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, like there's there's pros and cons to it. Like um, you know, you've now now starting to mess with the history that the PGA Tour has created over such a long long period of time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what it does moving forward. I think even, um, and I had it down as one of my questions here, will um, Live Golf and PGA Tour be able to coexist um, peacefully? I think um, Tiger come out uh, 
last week or something and said, look, he he'd actually be for working a way out with Liv to make them make both tours um, come together and you know not be so um, us against them mentality. Um, but mm. but he said the only way that's going to happen is if uh, Greg Norman hands the keys over to someone else. And there's a few PGA players who have come out and said that Norman's got to go. So uh, the old the old great white shark isn't the most popular bloke in golf at the moment. Yeah, I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm not too sure why that is. It, 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 that, um, he's, he's clearly not not budging. No. Um, he well, doesn't want to be. I mean, I don't know. Does he not want to coexist, or um, he mustn't like their ideas? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how they how they would coexist either. Whether I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they could have. Well, there's eight live golf events. Mm. If they were part of the PGA Tour, I don't know. If you have PGA Tours playing for live, it's, it's it's completely different. Really, they've got their contracts yep. on that tour. Um, yeah, it's hard to see them um, come together. I'm not really sure how they would do that, but. Yep. Um, at the moment, I think it's just going to keep going. You know, it's going. There's going to be that tour and then PJ tour. Yeah. Um, um, I made up in the majors. And, and that's well, yeah, and then yeah, and then yeah. See how those those great players whether they still can I don't know match it up with the others. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Would it get to a point where maybe you know one of the majors? Um, like the Open's already come out and said, but like in regards to the little beef that's going on, that you know, um, we're not going to tell anyone they can't play just because of what tour they're on. But it'll be interesting to see if um, you know any of the other majors come out and say, well, you know, live golfers, if you're on the live golf tour, then you know you, you can't play in this major tournament. Um, it'll be interesting if anything like that happens moving forward. That would be interesting, yeah. Obviously, yeah, the Open, they said, yeah, we've been an Open championship, which means anyone can play for how long, so they're not going to change. But what about uh, the USB games? Yeah, exactly. Are they are they going to say, no, uh, PGA members only? Or, yeah, what is it going to be? Yeah, it's... Um, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not sure if they'll get ranking points. I don't... I'm not sure uh, they can get world ranking points in three rounds and no cut. Well, that's what I'll, that was my next question. Like, should they be allowed to get world ranking points? But it's hard when you know your format's completely different to what the PGA, what every other golf golf tour tours format is. Mm, that's it. I mean, there is some of the best players in the world on that tour, and you think how can you know they are playing professional golf on on this, you know, golf on earth, <laughs> and uh, they're very good at it. Um, yeah, so should they be ranked? But I mean, they're not playing against the best players everywhere. I mean, there's a few of them there, yeah. but um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting thing to monitor over the next you know year or so moving forward. 
Um, and as you said, like, you know, some of the best are on live. Um, and then there's still a lot of the best on the PGA Tour. But then, um, you know, they're not playing against each other week to week. The best on live. Mm. Um, I mean, some of the blokes that are on that live tour sign there because there's no way in hell they're going to make money on the PGA Tour. Um, exactly. Like there's a few people there, and since they've signed there, they've gotten their cash, and all of a sudden they've uh, started chirping off a bit when, you know, they all, all was quiet when they were on the PGA Tour because they were missing cuts left, right, and centre and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next few years, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, like, a win on the Live Tour. I mean, yeah. to me, I look at it, I, I see a win on the lift tour, I think, oh, like, but it doesn't mean much to me, I don't think, like, you, yeah, you've yep. beaten a few other top-class players, sure, and that, that's it. I mean, they're all good players on there, but yeah, they haven't earned their way, like on the PGA Tour. Look, if I was, um, um, if I was good enough at golf to be between PGA and live, and if I was good enough to win on those tours um you know yeah cool paycheck from lives would be really cool the four mil would help um mm. but to look back at it and be like oh you know yeah i played on the pga tour and i've got a pga tour victory over um a live victory i'd um yeah I, i'd be probably more proud of the pga tour victory to be honest 100 percent. yeah i agree and I still think, I mean, it's kind of disappointing because I think the PJ, a win on the PGA Tour has lessened a little, yeah. but it's still way more, um, I don't know, meaningful. Well, it's, than, it's, it's earned more, really, because you've, right. you've got to get to the weekend to be in, you know, a contention yeah, exactly. to win, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to make a cut line and then you've got to be good enough for it that you're still up there after those first two days to give yourself a realistic chance at being there on Sunday. So um, mm. you got to work a bit harder for it on the PGA Tour. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Definitely. Yeah, and the four rounds of golf, is it's a big difference to three. Um, yeah, that extra day it, um, is huge. Yeah, to be able to play good golf over four rounds and close it out, that's, that's uh, something in itself that is impressive. Mm. For sure, for sure it is. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if the no-cut kind of takes away the incentive of wanting to train and work as hard as, you know, because, you know, if you go out there and have two shit rounds to start off on the on the th- on the no-cut format, then you don't really get, I guess, punished for having a bad tournament as much, where, you know, PGA, if you, you miss a cut, mate, you're going home and you're trying and gather yourself for the next week. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you can be on the live tour, you can not practice, you can come last and, and still get 180k, I think. Um, <laughs> so there's no Jesus. way you can do that on the PGA Tour. You just cut, you make nothing. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely it's a bit more you know, noble to be uh, fighting it out on the PGA Tour. Than, I, th- I think so. Yeah. I think so. I'd, I'd, I'd rather a PGA to a victory under my belt then if I'd have um, if I could only choose out of those two and I could only have one win out of both tours I'd choose a PGA Tour win ideally the Masters yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> well I know, I know how to play it now I just listen to Tiger and I just um, that's it land the ball below the hole on every green give myself an uphill putt simple 
Easy game. Easy course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Masters again, eh? Okay, well, this will be fun. <laughs> Bring out the old trick. Yeah. Oh, guess I better bail out to the right on this hole. Oh, well, anyway, up and down. <laughs> Too easy. Oh. Right, let's get moving on to a bit of a light-hearted segment, and we've only spoken about this recently because recently I've got myself a few pairs, and you know if we look to do any giveaways in the near future moving forward, they're happy to help out here. I've um, and before I get into it, it's not just not just for golf. When I go for a run, or even when I'm training in footy, like I don't like the idea of like feeling when I'm running my feet like sliding around in my shoes. Like I just, I just bugs me a bit. And, you know, I think if your foot's sliding, there's a chance for, you know, something to happen. Anyway, um, managed to get my hand hands on a couple of sets of uh, Grip Star socks. So uh, I've got two two pairs of ankle socks, one pair of high socks, and they're your traditional sock, but then they've got all little rubber grip pads on the bottom. And I put, put these on, went for a run, and I was like, geez, it actually feels like my foot. He's hitting the ground, gripping to the ground. It's not sliding around in my shoe. It's just, bang, there, running. Running was so much more better. Felt so good. Didn't have to worry about my foot sliding around in my shoe. And then um, took it out of golf, wore them to golf for my first round back um, after a couple of months off. And prior to those couple of months off, chopping them around. Now, I don't know if I can blame the socks, but anyway, <laughs> chopping. Put the grip socks on. And I think I went around in – I only played eight holes of an Arvo and was even par or one over, something like that in Plastic. those new socks. And then I've tested it. I haven't worn them um, the next round. The next round I lost four balls. So <laughs> <laughs> just <to laughs> given Grip Star socks their little own little segment here just to thank them for saving my feet from sliding around in my shoes. And they actually – yeah, I actually do rate them, even just if it's training for footy, going for runs. It just makes your foot feel more secure in your shoe. So just thought I'd make a little segment to thank Grip Star for all their work and, you know, hooking your boy up with a couple of socks. They've said um, if we want to do any giveaways with the podcast on Instagram or whatever, they'd be happy to supply some, um, some pairs of socks for us to to as part of the giveaway. Um, yeah, I, I have to... Uh, have a chat to him, see if we can get old King Flusher on board and get him kitted out in some grip star socks. What do you reckon? Absolutely. Yep, I'd love that. I've I've got a pair uh, that I've been playing footy with. Yep. And I actually, I said this the other day to my brother. When I first bought these footy boots, I didn't have the these um, socks. Yep. And I was wearing these footy boots and I was actually slipping over heaps yep. Yep. all over the place. And then... I didn't take any notice of it, but I started wearing these socks. And then a few weeks later, I, I said to him, well, I haven't been slipping over as much. And, um, yeah, coincidentally, it, um, I, I've been wearing the these socks. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's helped me stay upright, which has been good. <laughs> it's just always a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> stay on my feet. Um, not hitting the deck as much, so that's a positive. Um, and I've actually thought this previously when buying golf shoes. Yep. Um, sometimes I've bought shoes that are too big, mm-hmm. and I yeah I can feel my foot sliding around um, yep. back and forth or or whatever. And 
yeah, I honestly feel like um, I, I would think to myself, um, if my feet were, if I got shoes that would fit better, and yeah, obviously, if I was able to have my feet stay secure mm. in in the shoes, then I'd more likely be able to consistently strike the ball. Because, you know, you're working with millimetres when you're hitting the hitting oh, yeah. golf ball. Yep. So, yep. If, yeah, if the feet are secure, which these socks help help you do, then, um, yeah, I think you've got a better chance of flushing it. Yeah, they are. Um, they have been wonders. Uh, I even noticed that playing a bit of tag out at Redcliffe, um, same thing, I'd go to, you know, push off my foot or whatever pre-sock and you could just feel the foot slide a bit and then just give a bit and wasn't as stable. And, um, yeah. yeah, the next week rolled out with these socks on and I was, mate, I was just twinkle toes just everywhere, stepping off everything, not falling, <laughs> t- turning on a five-cent piece. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the socks, yeah, they actually are really good for stopping you, all that movement. And they're, like, I really, genuinely think they're comfy as hell. Yeah, they are. Um, Super comfy. So there's actually a, there's a code word if you go onto the Grip Star Socks website. There's code word uh, pencil. Oh, it might be code word pencil, and you get twenty or thirty percent off. Um, I'll have to touch base again, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's good. De- definitely worth investing in um, for anyone, even if you, even if they're just listening to this episode, they're not really thinking about golf too much. Like if you're just going running, um, the last mm. thing you need is your foot in your shoe sliding up and down every time you take a step. Um, and yeah, each time I've worn them on the co- on the course, I can't, I haven't seen the science behind it. I know, I can't, so I can't one hundred percent say it. But it's just weird. Every time I worn them on the course, I've had my better rounds. So could they be saving uh, shaving uh, shots off my scorecard? Possibly. And it's just Possibly. just seems to happen every time I wear them. I play better. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I haven't seen the science behind it, but. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I, when, when I don't wear them, I lose balls. I wear them, you know, I make some pars, Even I make right. a birdie. <laughs> <laughs> they sound pretty good to me. Oh yeah, so I've um, I'm even going to try and might try and see uh, what the goes be if they do custom socks and get little choppers club socks. But um, yeah, that's work in the background. But yeah, they've been pretty cool to come on and say, look, if you do a. Um, do a giveaway and anything, we'll get, throw in a couple of pairs. So I thought that was that was pretty cool and we might uh, take them up on that pretty soon. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I'd love to see that Jobbers Club logo oh, on there. Yeah, yep. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, when, that's when we've made it, when we can get custom socks, custom <laughs> grip socks. That's when I'm done. I'll quit my job and that's Big me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Skip, let's wrap this up with our uh, golf gripe of the week. I'll let you take take the reins first here. Yeah, my first one, um, my gripe of the week is uh, when someone steals or plays your ball. Oh, my goodness. They uh, obviously haven't taken much notice of the markings or yep. their own markings or what brand their ball they're playing. Yeah. And they just walk up somewhere. They think it's somewhere in that area, and they just hit your ball yep. Yep. and walk off, yeah. thinking everything's fine and dandy. Yeah, yep. I've had <laughs> Meanwhile, a... you've ruined my hole. Oh, yep. That that really <laughs> fires me up. I've actually, um, it would have been sometime last year, maybe even a bit longer ago. Um, a, uh, I don't know if it's a fan favourite, but it gets mentioned a lot here, Mister Annoying. Um, <laughs> We were playing. 
Yeah, yep. We're playing a whole. Uh, we're playing the six at Redcliffe, and he was playing the twelfth. And anyway, I've hit a brand new Tidless Pro V, and I've hit it left. Shock, miss the green, miss. Didn't even look like getting the green. Hit it left, miss the trees over the twelfth. Um, anyway, he's walking up there, and you know how he hits a thousand balls. Anyway, he hits a ball right where I think mine is, and I was like, "What oh, the fuck?" Yeah. Got up there, ball's not there. Anyway, he comes walking past. Um, I know he might have been, he was playing the eleventh, and he was on the twelfth. Anyway, near around the tee box we were. And anyway, he goes, "Oh, you lost your ball." Oh no, I asked him. I said, "Man, I've lost my ball." Um, yeah, have you seen one up here? He goes, oh, what are you hitting? And I said, oh, I'm hitting the Pro-V. And he goes, brand new, Titleist? I was like, yeah. He goes, has he got the number number one on it? I went, yeah. And he goes, no, nah, haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you've just described it all. And then he goes, he looks, he um, shuffles around his pocket, doesn't pull a ball out of his pocket, but just opens his pocket so he goes, oh, no, this one says three on it. And I was oh. like, You've just described, you said brand new Pro V, number one, and I answered yes to everything, and you go, oh, yep, no, nah, haven't seen it. <laughs> That's low, isn't it? I kind of feel yeah. like if I tipped you upside down and emptied your pockets, I'd see it. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. Uh, he wonders why he gets blasted, but he just does shit like this all the time. Mm, yep. Oh. Yeah, yeah, for a reason. Um, <laughs> Many yeah, reasons. My, I don't know if mine's a gripe of the week. Mine might just be a first world problem. Um, <laughs> sook. But like, you go to a couple of golf courses around here, Skip, and if you get there at yeah. 4, 4.30, they might just say, oh, look, just give us 15, 20 bucks and you can just go play as many holes as you can while the light's still out, which I think is great. Like, and then, might even be people trying to get into golf. They might go, oh, we'll just go there for an afternoon, play a few holes. And then you get caught, you rock up the other course to try to do the same thing and they make you pay 40, 40 to 50 bucks. They make you pay for like a round mm-hmm. of 18 when you're only going to get like six in. I just yeah. feel like if you want to, you want more people to be involved in the sport, you want more people to take it up. Just if someone rocks up at 4, 4.30, let them give you 15 bucks, whatever it is, they're only going to get a handful of holes done and you never know. You, you let them do that, they go play the five half a dozen holes, whatever they get in, have the time of their life. Next time they'll come back earlier and they'll play They'll play 18, you know, and then it leads mm. to they have another good time, they come back and then all of a sudden they're signed up and they're paying you fucking 1500 bucks a year to stay there. Um, yeah. I just think more clubs should adopt that process um, that a handful of them do, you know, it's, you know, 20 bucks after three thirty or something like that. 20 bucks out from four o'clock onwards. I don't know. Something little just to, mm. just to get pe- more people interested in the game. That's how I think anyway. Oh, definitely. That, that's the way to go. I mean, when I used to work in a pro shop mm. and there was, um, I mean, Redcliffe does have the, the twilight, twilight golf. Mm. Um, but I think it could even be cheaper at times because I would feel guilty. They'd be coming up and then, you know, they might be a beginner and yeah, they're exactly. playing at four o'clock and you know they're only going to get a few in mm. and you end up they end up paying for yeah what would normally be a nine to eighteen sort of um, the amount of money and some higher clubs and whatnot and you're just stinging them 
Yeah. And they just yep. stand there thinking, oh, my goodness, I wasn't <laughs> expecting this. <laughs> and well, like, sorry, I'd like, what can I do? These are the prices. Like, mm. yeah, you're thinking of, I mean, Reckless would be better than probably other places. You know, they do have that twilight, but, yep. um, yeah, I mean, I think those golf courses know they are, they're doing the wrong thing. Oh, they're just saying They're charging. Oh, they're charging the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stinging bikes. They're only getting a few in. Well, like, yeah, they want more people to be involved and they want to charge, you know, blokes 18 holes at 4 o'clock in the Arvo. They're only going to get, yeah, six or so in. So, yeah, yeah that's, my, that's my whinge anyway. It's my gripe of the week. Don't yeah, charge. It's a fair, it's a fair one. <laughs> oh, don't charge 18 holes at 4 o'clock. Yeah. 10 bucks, 50 yep. bucks. It was up to me. It would just be literally just give us whatever change you've got in your car or your pocket. <laughs> Go play football. Like, ugh. yeah. Just yeah, some clubs just just out there to make money and nothing else. That's it, eh? <sighs> yep. Pull just their heads in, Skip. Pull them in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Good, good to be back, Skip. Um, we uh, <laughs> let's aim to not be this far uh, between drinks again, eh? Yep. <laughs> now that now, yep, sounds got, good. Now that good to be on, back. Now that I know you're on holidays, I'll be pesting you every second day to get a recording done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be ready. I'm here. I'm free. Yeah, let's do it. We'll uh, we'll organise one in person soon too. Um, yeah, just because we'll have to have a hit too. Oh yeah, yep. I'll uh, have to show <laughs> you how bad my game really is at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to it. Yeah. All right, Skip. Um, <laughs> Mate, thanks for your time again tonight, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks, mate.